Welcome to the Dude Wrong Door Podcast, where the news is made up, the points don't matter. I'm your host, Dallas Van Houten. None of the none of it's made up, though. We, we are all the made most, up. We are the most truthful people you'll ever encounter. We're, we're so the truthful. Fox and Friends of YouTube. <laughs> Gosh. We're any no major one, news network of YouTube. <laughs> no one wants to be the Fox and Friends of anything. <clears throat> I, I like to have friends, and I like foxes. I've never watched Fox and Friends. I assume it's something about the animal. No, it's it's just a, it's a laughing stock. Which I, I like guess, laughing. <laughs> I was going to say, there's an upside to, to people laughing at you. It means you must be doing something right, even if you are embarrassing yourself. Okay, so first off, I think we have some decent things to talk about this time. Not all bad news, some pretty good news. So we're we going to start do, we're gonna with, do news with the behemoth. First? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll do the news, and then we're gonna do a Justice League review, and then we're gonna do uh, <clears throat> some fun, some fun uh, get to know us segments. Oh, okay. We're not very interesting. Uh, <laughs> okay, so EA uh, completely removed all the microtransactions out of Battlefront Two after temporarily. Taping. Yeah, I mean they're like they could be put in at a later date. Is basically what they said. I'll say they will be put in at a later date. In fact, the wording almost sounds like. We will be putting it back, but they're probably going to change it. Or I think they make they want you to think they're going to change it. But what I, what I think is actually going to happen is they may tweak a few things to be a little less grandy and maybe a little less expensive. But uh, they're just going to wait for the controversy to die down, and they're going to put it back in. At least that's the plan. It, it won't have any players by the time <clears throat> they they want to put it back in. Man, I sure hope so. Like I guarantee, like everyone that's even playing it, they're like, even without the microtransaction, this game just kind of sucks. Like it's just yeah. boring. Like, but there are also a lot of people who are saying, as soon as you fix it, I'll buy it. And I, th- you know, that that could also be them trying to stick to their guns and make the point where it's like, if you didn't do this anti-consumer stuff, I totally would be. I'd be all over your game, man. And, uh, yeah, that's that's basically what I'd say. I'd be like, yeah, I would have bought it had you not already done this stuff. Like, I'm not going to do it now. I'm not yeah. going to buy it even if you fix it. But if you had just, you know, not messed it up to begin with, then I would have gotten it. Like, uh-huh. that's basically I, how I feel about it. And I think that's what's unfortunate uh, in a lot of ways. Or one of the many ways that the whole microtransaction thing is unfortunate because DICE, of course, would like people to be uh, judging the game and not the, uh, the, the nonsense. But unfortunately for DICE, the people who are judging the game on just the game are like, it's not good. Yeah, like, it's, it's still bad. Like, it's, it's still... It's very shallow. It's very short. It's very just not creative. And it's a step back. It's still, still a step back from uh, the original Battlefront Two. Battlefront One was a huge step back from the original Battlefront One, and this one, once again, just in terms of content and features and stuff like that, it's it's still inferior to the PS2 game. Oh wait, <clears throat> yeah, I agree. I agree with that. You are you are right about it. it. the The actual line was the ability to purchase crystals in game will become available at a later date. So it's yeah. like official will become okay. Uh-huh. Um, and we'll s- a, a lot of people are, you know, uh, 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 shooting off fireworks, throwing parties. And it's yeah, like... thinking they, like, won, but not. Yeah, like, no one won. We won the battle. Like, we won the <laughs> battle, but they're just going to come back. We won the battle of make EA make slightly less money than they would like to. Um, but they're, they're going to bring it back as soon as they... 
As, as soon as everyone thinks they won, they're, they're going to bring it back. And as soon as fewer eyes are on it. I think the good thing is that they kind of realized, oh, boy, we kind of screwed this one. Uh, we're going to have to well, go into salvage mode. Um, that's what I was, that's what another thing I was going to add on to it. Uh, Disney is reportedly very, very unhappy with the way EA has, uh, handled their IP so far. I think Disney is going to strip, I I think they're going to strip the Star Wars. Oh, I would uh, love, I would love that to happen. That would just be a, it would be better than anything. I think the only way that could be a mistake is if you take it from EA and give it to Activision, that's the only way it could be worse. Yeah, um, I mean, like, I don't... It, dude, I would even giving it, it to Ubisoft, an, I'd be fine with that, because Ubisoft's been uh, not quite as bad as the other two. Yeah, I would rather it go to either Ubisoft or... I mean, I, if I could choose it, I'd send it to CD Project Red, but I know that's not going to happen. Yeah. I'd, I, I'd be fine with it going to Activision, because... They I still if, suck, but they suck a little less. <laughs> I think if I could choose, uh, if I'm Disney and I own, I like I still own all of the rights to it, then I don't see why they would feel the need to give all of the Star Wars video game rights to one publisher. Sega. Huh? Oh, Sega? Well, no. I mean, I, I would think if, man, if Platinum Games made a Jedi game, that would be insane. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. Um, and if you had, like... Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. A smuggler game, I think, could be could be done well by uh, Rockstar or Ubisoft. Something yeah, I, like Star Wars thirteen thirteen. If I were Disney, I would get like like a, a council together of like people that are actually mm-hmm. like heavily involved in gaming that are gamers themselves, and then they can be like, yeah, these are the companies you need to send this to. Yeah, you know, and it should be separate. Yeah, it should be like. Various companies because Square Enix would probably make a pretty good because they're yeah. doing they're handling the Marvel game already. That's why I was surprised that they didn't get a Star Wars game. Uh huh. Yeah, Square Enix would make a really good RPG. Um, and then like if if it's just with EA, like just I'm imagining all of the things that just won't happen. Like we'll, we won't get a Star Wars racing game under EA, and like Star Wars Episode One Racer is like. Not only one of my favorite Star Wars games of all time, it's one of my favorite racing games of all time. And it just wouldn't happen if it's under EA because EA is going to make Burnout. Or no, they're not going to make Burnout. They're going to make Need for Speed. Yeah. Well, I, think if, do. I think if they're going to do <clears throat> racing, they're going to have to bring back pod racing in the trilogy, in the new trilogy. I ain't like against it. One. I'm not either because that was like the best part of the first. That's the best part of the first trilogy. I was gonna say the first movie, but no, that was the best part of like the whole trilogy. Was the, the prequel racing. trilogy? Yeah, yeah. Um, but if they did that, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, why put all your eggs in one basket when that basket is not, you know, yeah. kind of the single most hated <laughs> basket of all time? <laughs> it's like, um, well, if EA doesn't make, you're putting EA, like, you're making them responsible. Of every potential genre that could be done with Star Wars, and EA isn't exactly diverse. Like they're a big they, publisher, uh, but they're not diverse. They I make think the they same probably things. just saw Battlefield and thought, "Oh, Battlefront, that'll work." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the guy who made the decision knows nothing about video games. He just saw a similarity in words. Yeah, and- He's like, "Oi, I mean, that's similar." <laughs> Well, and EA is one of the biggest. So there was probably some uh, 
what is it? Not bargaining. Uh, like bidding for it. There's yeah, probably I'm bidding sure. for that, and I'm sure EA was like, you know, we'll throw a ton of money at you. But then they come out mm-hmm. with one Star Wars game. And how uh, many years have they had it? A long time. Uh, they had it around the time that... 2014. It was around the... Battlefront originally came out in 2015, so they probably had it beginning in 20, 2014, I'd say. I th- actually think it was right after, or shortly after, Disney had bought the rights to Star Wars and decided that they were going to be, you know, had all these plans for a new trilogy. Pretty sure it was, like, maybe within that year that they dissolved LucasArts and... Uh, Gave everything to EA, which I don't understand that to begin with. It's not like LucasArts was THQ in it. Like, it wasn't like they were just not making any money. LucasArts uh, was doing fine, as far as I, I, think, I know. I think LucasArts... I think they probably got rid of LucasArts just because of the name. Ah, oh, just change the name then! I mean, that's probably not That's probably not the, the whole reason, but I feel yeah. like they were probably... Tra- especially after Lucas came out and said that... <laughs> What what did he said something like really messed up? Yeah, uh, was like, he's something about slave. He said Disney were like slave owners or something. He, yeah, it was yeah. like it was like, dude, after, you're the one who sold it for like millions of dollars. After like, what he are you accepted a yeah, after he accepted a fat paycheck, he started throwing a fit of, in his massive pile of Disney money that he accepted. Um, I, I can imagine that yeah. Luke, George Lucas probably had some kind of partial ownership in LucasArts, so maybe that's why they dissolved it and couldn't just change the name. Yeah, it was four, $4 billion in 2012. <clears throat> George Lucas says he sold Star Wars to white slavers. Oh, it was worse than I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, uh, George, how come you did that? If you yeah, didn't like, like him, then you shouldn't have done that. He idiot. I, I, I understand. <laughs> oh wait, he bought it. <laughs> it was four point five billion with approximately half in cash and half in shares of Disney stock. So he's on stock. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's worse. <laughs> George has no integrity. <laughs> I mean, we saw that in the prequels. You know, that's I don't. True. I don't. That's not. That's not true. I understand what he was doing, and he was like, you know, I want to innovate. I don't want to do the same things over and over. But I understand what he was doing. Yeah, he just failed. Yeah, and he, I mean, he should can, have owned up to it. He should have been like, this is, you know, this is bad. Like, yeah, you can't hold failure against someone too hard. I can. I'm going to. <laughs> I'm going to hold it against him for the for the rest of his life, rest of my Des- life. Despite what I just said. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I can't see EA keeping the Star Wars license because they've come up with one game. Two games, technically. I mean, one was like, eh, forgotten after like four months. And then the second yeah. one, Battlefront 2, is like, caused the biggest controversy Pro- of yeah. all time in video games, maybe. Pro- other probably. Than, like, the 90s violent ratings and stuff. But, uh. Yeah, I, I think it's probably the. Bi- I don't know if it's the biggest since then. That was probably still bigger. But this is. This is the biggest controversy within the gaming community because there's so many people that aren't, you know. They're casual gamers that just have no idea what this is. They, they have they have no idea what's going on. I think um, may, maybe they just saw that you couldn't buy the stuff, and they're just like, oh, okay, maybe that's going to get fixed or something. <clears throat> oh, yeah. May, I mean, I, it would, I'd be very surprised with like how much people are on social media and everything if, they, if they're completely well, I, I do know out that- of the loop. Every single time you see like a uh, a Star Wars fan Facebook page, 
post something making fun of Battlefront 2, there's always at least two or three guys that are just screeching the loudest whine they can, saying that everyone's ruining their game for them. And it's like... I've never understood that. Like, I've never let... Well, it's because people people like being ripped off by people they like. And they they just like Star Wars, so they like being ripped off by it. And they don't like to think too hard about it. Um... Um... also, you got to think this is probably someone who either is a kid that never played the original Star Wars games or is an old person who is so busy, or I say old person, a grown-up person who is so busy, so busy in their normal life that, like, this is one of the only games they play any given year, and the one game that they, like, want to play because they like Star Wars and it's easy is just the center of this massive controversy and like the rules are constantly changing on anything. So it's probably just stressing them out. And they're like, I get one game a year. And I think that's why Disney is really, is really pissed at EA. And I'm pretty sure they were confirmed to be, to be furious at them. And, uh, there were, you know, there were some rumors saying that EA decided to remove the microtransactions because of like the potential legislation that could be coming down the pike. I think it's uh, because of Disney. Yeah, well, people were saying that's what they thought it was, but then there's yeah. now there's stuff coming out, and they're like, no, that had nothing to do with it. It was all Disney. Like Disney was beating on their door, saying, "What did you do?" Well, the, the thing <laughs> is, to me, is Disney probably has no idea that like what microtransactions are or the loot box system or anything, and then all of a sudden it's like, and they probably EA, know now. EA has well, yeah, but I'm saying EA has loot box system that's like gambling targeted towards children, a game for yeah. children. And Disney, you know, the family-friendly company they are, I mean, probably... I'd be very surprised if some people don't get either fired in Disney who, like, approved yeah. sending it to EA. Yeah, I could actually see people getting fired at Disney before people start getting... or before, like, rights start getting stripped away from EA. I can't... I, I'll, I'll be very surprised if they don't strip them or at least make them remove loot boxes completely. Or uh, kind of in between where they don't – they, they'll probably strip the entirety of the rights and give them the option to just like have, say, the Battlefront license and like oh. leave that with them. No, and then, <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> well, uh, but I'm saying like some kind of compromise. Um, but I mean they don't if, need to though. Well, here's the thing. This is, this is one of the many uh, kind of – under the hood things that EA is always doing to like in, ensure certain things. When EA gets a license, uh, this is like one of the things they do to make sure they keep it because they can then make this argument to a license holder. They say, <clears throat> "Well, we built everything on the Frostbite engine, which we own entirely and don't allow anyone else to use. So, if you." took the license from us and had to have someone else do it, that person's going to have to build everything from the ground up again. They can't build off of any of the work that we already put into it. So it's going to take them longer to, to make it, and it's going to be more expensive for them to make it. So That's true. That's why th- that's the main reason that EA has gone whole hog into a, into a very specialized shooter engine that is bad at making racing games, which is why Need for Speed is a, is a mess. Um, like Dice made Frostbite just for Battlefield, but EA was like, "Okay, well, we own you, so we're going to decide that this is the engine that we use for every game." That's why Mass Effect Andromeda was such a disaster because Frostbite was not made for a third-person RPG. It wasn't made for any of that. Uh, it's, it's why a lot like 
BioWare was not experienced with the engine, and it's not an easy engine to learn or use. It's not like Unreal or Unity, <clears throat> but it it means EA maintains control on it. <clears throat> yeah, so, I mean that makes that makes sense. And it's what matters to EA. They they don't care about things being easy for anyone or things being a good value or even the game being good. It just matters that they have control. It's kind of the thing with um one of the reasons they can hold on to the NFL license. Because it's like, well, what are you going to do? Build a whole new game? Yeah, go. Well, and EA or Madden is like hugely successful <laughs> and, and draws no criticism ever. So <laughs> that's true. I mean, no, I mean, no real criticism. Like Ultimate Team and Madden and FIFA has made them like so yeah. much money. I th- what was it like forty two percent of their profit last quarter? Like yeah, that's yeah. insane. It was huge. Um, and I think it's just because people who criticize things stopped playing Madden a long time ago. Yeah, I still play it occasionally. Stopped, with, with they stopped uh, caring about <clears throat> it. Yeah, I stop. Yeah, I don't care. I have fun when I play it. Still, I'll play it with uh, Dalton. My brother <clears throat> has it. I'll go over there and whoop him sometimes. But yeah, <laughs> I don't know, the last the last few times he's gotten me pretty good. But um, did I ever tell you about our our Madden eight records? Because Madden eight used to keep your records on your profile. I think yeah, it I was think like. You did. 108 you, you, to like four. <laughs> like you in t- four times? Yeah, it was, it was something. It was like 108 to four, like 138 to 12. I get it mixed up with our UFC record, which was like on the same level as that. You, no, couldn't, that was our, that, you couldn't give him a couple more, your little brother? <laughs> no, he, he's like three years younger. We were like teenagers. I'm not going to give him like a. He's like, uh, he was old enough. He was old enough to take his whooping. That's true. Like. Um, when I'm playing fighting games with my little sisters, I give Tabitha no quarter, whereas I might like <laughs> let Jasmine or Aubrey uh, take. A well, they're less rounds. experienced too. Yeah, yeah, it's true. With Tabitha, it's like nah, no mercy. <laughs> yeah, that's how it is with Dalton. Because it was like, no, you're playing this just as long as I am. Like, you, like you know this game just as well as I do. I only shut him out one time though. I will say that we've only had one shutout completely. Oh, okay. We've had plenty of games where it's been like one field goal at the very end. He just doesn't win. <laughs> they try to cheese it from like forty-eight yards. Like at, at that point when you're getting beat like fifty-six to nothing, uh-huh. and it's like the end of the fourth, you're like, "I'm gonna get on the board," and then he yeah. celebrates when he gets on the board, <laughs> <laughs> like he had just won. Um, spinning out of EA being uh, EA. <laughs> spinning out of uh, EA spinning out. Yeah. Uh, see, nice. CD Projekt Red, that'd been way better if it was Need for Speed, but that was pretty good. Um, <laughs> CD Projekt Red uh, tweeted, some guy asked him if there was going to be microtransactions on Twitter in uh Oh, no, Cyberpunk. they're adding microtransactions to Twitter. Yep, exactly. They, on Twitter, they added microtransactions to Twitch, so I wouldn't be surprised. That's true. On Twitter, some guy asked CD Projekt Red uh, if there was going to be microtransactions in Cyberpunk 2077, and their direct quote response is, worry not. When thinking CD... So, ugh, it had CP 2077, which I read as CD Projekt. Yeah. Um, when thinking Cyberpunk 2077, think nothing less than The Witcher 3. Huge single-player open-world story-driven RPG. No hidden catch, you get what you pay for. No bullshit, just honest gaming like the Wild Hunt. We leave greed to the others. However, they're going to take like five and a half years to make the game because they're... I don't care. I'll, I'll wait five and a half years. I'll wait five and a half years for for a game that is complete and just as great <laughs> as The Witcher Three with no microtransactions. Yeah, but a yearly release that's the same game over and over with microtransactions. 
Yeah. And, and, and yes, uh, it is better than that, but, uh, it, it has become rather well known. The reason their games take so long is not, not the same reasons as a game would take really long for another developer. It's because they like have no organization and, uh, like they just don't know how to make things efficiently and quickly. I'm like, fine with that. I'm, I'm absolutely, <laughs> if, if I get another Witcher three, I don't care. It could be one guy having to slave away in a basement by himself, and he only has one eye, and the other one he's half blind in. As long as the game comes out and before I'm dead, <laughs> just, I'm absolutely okay with it. <laughs> they're, they're exclusively hiring disabled people. That's why it takes so long. But it's a good thing. They're giving the disabled people work. They're letting them work on something creative. Yeah, exactly. And it's The Witcher 3, and I get it, and I don't care. But yeah, I love the, <laughs> the last line, uh, we leave greed to others. <laughs> Yeah. That reminds me of that gif of the that rap battle where all the guys are like freaking out and yeah, the one yeah, guy's yeah. like leaning back. <laughs> like that. Oh, someone put it in the comments. Oh, okay, sweet. Yeah. God, I'm excited for Cyberpunk 2077. Uh it's gonna take a bit though. It's gonna take a bit to come out. I'm okay with it. They just they've been they've been teasing like vehicle uh the vehicles. It looks straight up like Blade Runner. Like I mean Yeah, I'm it really does. Absolutely okay with I can't believe there's not any well, there's that one Blade Runner game, like from '98, that was like yeah, a it was like a four disc thing, point and click thing. Yeah. Uh huh. Um. Well, I mean, I think the problem is they had announced it and showed like a trailer for it way too early, and yeah. now it's just kind of like, hey, when's Cyberpunk coming out? I think uh, I think maybe they just need to go dark for a little bit and not show any more stuff until they know it's coming out. Which is apparently not a thing that anyone knows at CD Projekt Red. Like, they had multiple different, like, <clears throat> internal confirmed release dates for The Witcher 3 that spanned, like, four years. Some of them last second. They were like, okay, no, no, we're not going to make it. Like, weeks before, they were just like, uh, nah, nah, this ain't happening. <laughs> delayed again. Nintendo with Legend of Zelda. Yeah, a lot like that, actually. Only with Nintendo, I don't know what their excuse is. I think Nintendo is just, they don't know how to communicate with people. Like, they know how to make a game, and they probably know when it's not going to be ready in time. But they'll just forget to tell anyone like, once oh, they figure yeah, that out. Uh, like, oh, I forgot this. Why is it? Hey, set up a Nintendo Direct. i got to tell the people it's not coming. Oh, uh, wait five or six more months. Speaking of Nintendo, uh, Nintendo focusing on supply, not discounts for the Switch on Black Friday. Why don't you just focus on both? It doesn't <laughs> seem like it'd be that hard. Be like, yeah. hey, Target, sell the Switch for two sixty. <laughs> I like how it's that easy. Hey, Target, two sixty. I mean, that's literally. A, Take I feel it like or that's leave as it. Easy it was a, as it could be. Like even if you just took twenty bucks off, like people would like swarm mm-hmm. to get the yeah. Switch. Everyone's acting like the Switch isn't, like, in stock or anything. Well, I guess I don't live in, like, a big city, but, like, it's always at my Walmart. Like, it's always at the t- local Target. Like, <clears throat> it's always on Amazon. Yeah. And people are still acting like there's, like, a no supply for it. I'm like, what are you talking? Go, like, order. Like, what are you doing? You yeah, idiot? They've got a ton on, like, Amazon and the Best Buy website and stuff. Like, it's it's not it's not low in stock. It's not the, the Super NES Mini. Um, the only reason, like, I, I still waited so long to get mine was I was waiting for a used one to pop up and when it did pop up it was 260 so I was like all right black friday prices 
Yeah, and considering I, how new it is, what could that person possibly have done to damage it in that amount of time? Broke it in half. And they just <laughs> sold it anyway. <laughs> I did notice there's something weird about the screen on mine. Like, uh, if, if it, like, if... If I leave it out in the cold, which happened recently, it'll get condensation on one side of the screen. The other side will not get condensation on it. I don't know what's up with that. Maybe maybe the glue's messed up or something. That's where the previous user's soul has been sucked into that half of the Nintendo Switch. And then oh, eventually man. your soul will be sucked into the other half. And then and it then will you, be complete. And then someone has a condensation-free uh, Nintendo Switch. <laughs> That's the end game. Oh, okay. Okay, I get it. So, like, they had to be, like, secondhand twice before they uh, become fully featured. That's... <laughs> That's a very Nintendo thing to do. Like, yeah, I was going to say, if I have to download an app on my phone and then plug in a headset to it and then a headset to the Switch and then like whatever complicated mess that ended up being. Yeah, or like uh, with the old, po- or, well, current Pokemon games, it's like there's two versions of every Pokemon game. You can't get all of them unless you trade with someone else who has the other version of the Pokemon game. That's so annoying. That's exactly uh, what I Nintendo God. would do. I get, the, I get the point behind that one, but it is. It's still really annoying. Do we want to talk about Pokemon? I've been playing Pokemon Sun, but I'm not going to be able to hold my own in this Ultra and Ultra Moon. I'm only like 14 hours into the game. I'm a wee baby. I, I don't know much. Uh, see, I, I, I got Pokemon X, or it was bought for me for uh, Christmas back in the day. And I was like, that was the first Pokemon game that I'd played since Ruby. Mm-hmm. And I, man, I gave it one one heck of an honest shot, and I just couldn't get into it. It's just not my kind of game that. anymore. I remember you playing it a lot and sighing a lot. I remember, like in SPSU, <laughs> you or we would be in like the car. You would just be sitting there, and like Jacob would be like enjoying it and having the time of his little life, and then you were just like, <laughs> you looked like dead inside. <laughs> you were playing it. I specifically remember it being like. And I was like, I was like, Jacob, what are you playing? And he's like, oh, Pokemon X. And I was like, cool. I was like, Tim, what are you playing? And you're like, oh, Pokemon X. <laughs> I was like, oh, the same game. And it, it, it's like, uh, it's not one of those situations where I've, I've got something that I like. It's like I'm convinced. No, all of you are wrong. This is bad. It was a situation where everyone was enjoying it, and I wasn't enjoying it just because I don't enjoy that kind of thing anymore. It's not that it was, like, bad. So I was just like, nah. Nah, yeah, I, can't, I can't be part of this. I was the same way, but now that I've... The last one I really played was, like, Silver, and I tried my hand at uh, Black and White, and I just I didn't really care for the Pokemon. But I really like the setting in the in the Pokemon that I have been finding. I'm, more, I'm much more about the exploration. Like, I was one of the IT guys at work was saw me playing it and he was like oh man did you get this pokemon this pokemon and train him to do this and then you get the tm to do this and blah. i was like dude I, I, nah, nah. <laughs> leave me alone yeah i'm like yeah. i literally just i like collecting that like i like catching the pokemon i like exploring and finding the different pokemon like i like i <laughs> my pokemon roster is based on which ones i think look the best yeah no i was the same way and um the, that that group in college uh when x when everyone got like x and y and stuff uh, there was also like the whole, uh, what's it called? Is it called Pokemon Showdown? It's this online uh, fan Pokemon game where it's like has the entire roster of every Pokemon available to you to yeah, just Pokemon build a team. Showdown. Yeah, and you're like, you're like, it's very competitive, and it's like you have to know what you're doing. And like, competitive Pokemon is not an entertaining thing to watch. It's like. Yeah, especially if you, well, it's one of those it's things. The that, lamest Pokemon using the lamest, most boring moves, and it's just like, wow. Yeah, I, I feel like it's something you have to. Uh, I feel like it's something you have to understand for it to be entertaining. 
Yeah, and you have like, to it, also it, like care about it. Whereas like Pokemon never never competitive for me. Like I was I don't no, know if same. I was exploration as much, but I'm there's some games that I'll just I'll I'll get the completionist bug. And I like I want I genuinely just wanted to catch every single Pokemon that I could and evolve them if I needed to evolve them. That was my goal in the old Pokemon games with X. I think I I I started to have that goal, but then it turned into I'm just I just want to finish the main quest line. And then I didn't even do that. Like I couldn't stick with it. I mean, they're surprisingly long games. Like, I mean, they are a bit repetitive. They're RPGs. 37 hour long games like i mean they're like legit i didn't realize that and i looked it up i was like how long is this game and it was like i don't know like 30 hours 37 hours yeah they're rpgs they're it's, they're a, it's a very well written article it's just like i don't know like <laughs> nah, I don't know. why are you asking idiot just play the, the game <laughs> talking talking straight at you straight to the people i'll tell you what, some of the aloha or alolan alolan forms whatever they are they're aloha, they're, pretty, yeah. they're pretty awesome uh raichu yeah. is like my favorite dude yeah he can surf on his tail Oh, that's dope. like that's like tight, yeah. That looks awesome. And then of course the the trio with like its with its uh, hair. I think that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but the critical response to the Ultra games is they are like objectively better than the uh, than the previous ones. the The issue is the reason they're objectively better is because they're so identical. Just yeah, with extra I things that are just better. So it's it's getting good reviews because they're like it's not a bad game and it's it's objectively better than the previous one. But if you played the previous one, you're not going to see much new, yeah. and it, it's kind of hard to recommend it to someone who is like you know obsessively played the originals. However, if you obsessively played the originals, you're probably going to be totally up for getting these versions. Well, I was looking into getting it, and then uh, so I was just I had just gotten into Sun, and I was like, well, maybe I'll just get Ultra Sun. And I kind of looked up the differences, and they're like, ah, there's not really that much. And I was like, ah, I'm not gonna spend forty bucks. I'll just wait. I have heard that it's recommended that if you had like Moon previously, you should get Ultra Sun, and if you had Sun previously, you should get Ultra Moon because it'll give you the most new stuff. But even then, it's still not that much new, and the, that new stuff that you're getting in that case is the same new stuff you would get if you had Moon and then you just bought Sun. So, uh, that's the problem with making something very clearly just a better version of the game, is that it's hard to recommend it to anyone who had it previously. I think they really only make those for people that either missed the first one, mm-hmm. or um... Like they missed the first one, or they're like Poke fans. Like they're they're super obsessed Poke fans. Yeah, uh, I th- I think with uh, back when they when they didn't do it as like two extra games, and it was like one game. Like uh, they had yellow for red and blue, and crystal for silver and gold. Those were basically like definitive editions that yeah. kind of added some new stuff and and took took some of the, you know, kind of mixed and matched the Pokemon from the original two. And uh, Crystal, I remember, like, being by far, like, way better than Silver. And, like, it had more story that went on with it and everything. So <clears throat> they've well, changed I mean, it, though, to where now they come out with, like, Black and White 2. And Black yeah. and White 2 had different story modes, but it was in the same locations. They just kind of remixed it a bit. But it was still like it was black and white remixed, and there there were two games, uh, and I, I think 
people were kind of looking forward uh, looking forward to it after Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire did it to where instead of a third or like a new revision of the game, they came out with a DLC thing that was called the Delta episode, and it was like the Emerald. It was like an extra Emerald campaign element where you like fight Rayquaza in space and you know, they had Omega and Alpha, this part's Delta, but it didn't cost extra money. So I remember yeah. I remember when the Ultra games were announced, people were like, we're going back to this. <laughs> kind of would have preferred, you know, the Ultra <clears throat> episode instead, because it's like, hey, come back, come back to your game real quick. Play a little play a little extra campaign and, and then you'll be done with it. To be fair, if they did that with Bioshock, I would absolutely just be like, I. I mean, if they're like, here's here's Bioshock uh, Ultra, Crystal. and it's got like, yeah, an extra like thirty minutes of different story mode kinda. I'd be like, oh, okay, sixty bucks. Is that it? <laughs> yeah, dude. I remember. Um, uh, there there was a game. Yeah, there was a game at the launch for the Nintendo Wii. It was it was a Far Cry game, and this is before Far Cry kind of had its soft reboot with Far Cry Two. This was uh, when they had slowly turned into like the crazy wild man action shooters where like yeah. he was getting like animal powers and stuff. Uh, those games are unrecognizable <laughs> to the yeah, new stuff from but, the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. They, they came out with a game at the launch of the week called far cry vengeance. And it was basically a remix of the last two instincts games, which like the instincts brand was when he was getting the animal powers. They like took both campaigns remixed some of the missions, changed two of the characters, and that was like that was your new game and they like uh added some added some new white like dual wielding mechanics, but I think that was my first exposure to that kind of thing. The good thing was that I don't think the game was full price. So I don't know. I think maybe if this is this is something I think where it's like Nintendo is just behind the times and they, they don't really know what you're supposed to do these days. The Ultra things, they really should just be a DLC expansion. Yeah, I think so too. But at the same time, they're going to make the same amount of money off of them. That's true. Also, that's, have they, that's a fact. Do any... This is probably a stupid question, but do any uh, 3DS games have DLC? Like that? Uh, yeah, a lot of them. Oh, okay. Uh, I told you it was a stupid In particular, question. Hyrule Warriors was a mess a, a just a, a racket of dlc uh that's like i think hyrule warriors had two different season passes in the 3ds version after Perfect. the Wii, after the the wii u version had its own season pass they were like hyrule warriors um i think it was called hyrule warriors legends was the 3ds version and they were like it includes everything from the wii u version and we're going to have two more season passes they even like announced them at the same time we're gonna have you're gonna be able to buy two season passes and uh <laughs> making making sure like i i got the game after that had all come out and like i got the game for like 17 dollars used and i was like okay this is challenging to make sure I don't buy anything twice because the way the store had like organized everything, I think oh, it was yeah. to be purposefully confusing. So it's like you might accidentally buy, uh, you know, buy this thing that's also in this bundle. They had like different bundles. I think I actually found there was one bundle that had the two season passes, 
but it was only the campaigns and it didn't include any of the characters. And I was like, wait a second. And I scrolled back up through and there was one that inc- that was uh, the season, the season pass that had the campaigns and the characters and like buying those two for each season pass together was cheaper than having to buy the pack with all the campaigns and then buy the characters separately. I like had a calculator out and was going through all kinds of different stuff. But yeah, uh, 3DS games have had have had DLC. Monster Hunter had the best DLC because Nintendo. it was all free. Oh, nice. Supposedly they're still doing that for World. I haven't actually seen anything about that, but I think people are just assuming it because they haven't said otherwise. However, they do have uh, you know special edition pre-order bonus exclusive only to this thingies that they're doing that cost more money and they've never done that before so that makes me kind of worried. Yeah, yeah, that that I'm I'm worried about that. I'm worried about everything. However, that is probably still too, my most honestly. anticipated 2018 game is Monster Hunter World. Like unless a game comes out, unless or unless a company comes out and says, hey. This this isn't gonna have this in it, or this won't yeah. have microtransactions, or this won't have loot boxes. I'm like worried the whole time. Yep. Uh, I mean, I, I think it was NBA 2K18. People didn't know, how, like oh, they had no idea what was happening with that until it was already out. Same thing with Need for Speed Payback. No one knew about the uh, the rush, the actual like casino roulette upgrade system until. Uh, after the re- the first wave of reviews were coming out, where it's like, I'm sorry, why? They're like, you, we're going to have the best customization of any Need for Speed game ever. Also, you can't actually decide which things you get. But That's Tim, customization, right? If we don't do that, then how are we going to feel a sense of sense pride of- and accomplishments? <laughs> okay. I know it's an old meme by now, but it's, it's one of my favorite memes. I love that one so much. <laughs> I, I love seeing that copy pasta show up in absolutely anything related to EA. Because it I mean, just... It's like, it's... it's it, I, I just don't understand how they... Like, all the, the wording EA... I don't want to get back on EA again right now, but... <laughs> I think it's unavoidable, to be fair. I don't know how you could word it like that and, and not <laughs> expect everyone to just attack you immediately i love how they had an ama after all of that and there's just gem after gem in their answers like uh the one where they were like uh the explanation for why you can only get so much money at a time in arcade mode is they didn't want people to game the system and get too many advantages in multiplayer by grinding out too many points yeah, in arcade. Like- and it's like fellas you gotta sit down. You just confirmed that it's pay to win. You just confirmed that you can get unfair advantages in the game by paying bet, extra money. I bet that dude got fired. Like whoever was doing that AMA, I bet he's gone. <laughs> like for real. Like I bet he's like out of there. But he's telling the truth. He's telling the truth. So I, I, I know, you know, but that's what I'm saying. Like it's like, dude, you're you such hire an idiot. a new guy. You hire a new guy. It's like. It's a minefield to defend EA. <laughs> I mean, it really is. Like, they, they, even, like, didn't DICE have trouble doing it? Uh, what did they say? Uh, the pay-to-win accusations are hard to dodge, were their exact <laughs> yeah. words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, uh, that was early on. That was before the game actually came out. And, yeah, they're like, um, people's concerns about it being pay-to-win are, quote, hard to dodge. 
so they didn't try to dodge them. That was them dodging the question. Was saying, "Ah, we can't yeah. dodge that." No, like, yeah, you have a good point. <laughs> that they so that's their that's their defense. Now, yeah, I mean, they should have taken some notes from my boy Ed Boone and just been like, "I don't know, what you're talking about next question." <laughs> to Ed Boone, <laughs> for all for all of. Uh, you know, Eve God, even in hindsight with everything that's happened, their season pass system is not that bad. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like uh, at least it's a season pass system. E- I don't e- like the armor system in Injustice Two, but I haven't played it either, so I can't really say whether it would affect my experience. But I, th- I think WB should really send EA like a uh, a care package, like a thank you basket of snacks Dude, and everyone should and flowers and stuff and just be like you made us look better you did what no one else could do like shadow of war small potatoes no one get no one's mad about shadow of war anymore yeah that, that yeah. was no big deal at all they came up we was gonna like, profit off of cancer whatever they at least fixed that pretty yeah. early on they were like oh wait that, that was a bad idea and they they apologized and didn't say it was temporary. <laughs> it's like now we're gonna temporarily not profit off of cancer. Now, they, <laughs> they actually reversed all of it. Temporarily not profit off of cancer. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, EA has made everyone else look like saints. Yeah, they make Looking them like look little like angels. They're like, oh yeah, we may have this season pass that gives you like nothing basically. Like Wolfenstein Two should be like attacked for, and it's never well that for a whole being a reason. crappy game. <laughs> Dude, it's so bland. You don't get a shotgun until like four and a half hours into the game. I was and like, it's, I don't, I don't want to keep, I don't want to. I did this, I did this last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I like how everyone is trying to make a big deal out of Call of Duty World War II's weird like social score system, where it's like watch someone open a loot box and will increase your chances of getting something better in your next loot box. And people are like. Yeah, but it's still just cosmetic, and man, have you seen what EA's doing over here? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's like, we're not focusing on the right things. I mean, we shouldn't let Activision get a pass either, because they're... I sure. Think they're, I really think with the way EA <clears throat> has been attacked for the microtransactions that we might actually see, like, a a reversal on a yeah. lot of stuff. You can you can hear the boots shaking. You can, everyone's nervous. Everyone's getting really like, oh man, we got a lot of eyes on this right now. Oh, speaking of, I guess speaking of uh, Activision, um, <clears throat> they put up that survey. Oh, yeah, okay, so we can Twitter. transition into that. We're off of EA now. We're going to talk about some new stuff. Talk, talk about the, the stuff that not everyone's talking about. Um, um, Activision act- put up a survey, uh, I think it was yesterday morning, and it was only up for two hours. It was sent to people who were uh, subscribed to email notifications on their Call of Duty accounts. And it was asking, uh, what do you want? What setting do you want to see in the next Call of Duty game? And the only settings they provided were historical settings. They had World War I, World War II European Theater, World War II Pacific Theater, Korea, Vietnam, and the Cold War. And a lot of people were like, oh. Because what, what people kind of want, and uh, this is what Call of Duty fans want. This is not what Modern Warfare 2 fans want. People that haven't played it in years that are just complaining about every new game that comes out. Most of the actual Call of Duty fans want us to kind of have a rotating system where we'll get a we'll get a historical setting, we'll get a modern setting, we'll get uh, maybe a sci-fi setting, or just just so we're not getting the same thing every year. Because I would wager that the fatigue for the sci-fi games came from the fact that they were all in a row, and it yeah, was like this is all we're doing now. And 
I think if uh, <laughs> here, well, here's the trouble. Uh, I think without Advanced Warfare, Call of Duty would have found itself in a big rut because after Ghosts, the the loudest thing people were saying was, "Man, just do something different, do something new," because Ghosts was the uh, the safest, most regular COD that they could have come out with. And so the worst. <clears throat> I I still enjoyed <laughs> Ghosts. Because well, you're wrong. I was playing. The, the thing with Ghosts is that Ghosts was solid. Ghosts didn't remove any features. Ghosts only kind of built on things, and they went in some directions that people didn't really care for. Like they had very big maps. They were kind of trying to make the. They're tr- kind of trying to open the game up, but uh, it had a, a bunch of weird effects on balance. Like snipers were just way too good in that game. But. Uh, there, there was not there were the issues I have with World War Two are completely different from the issues I had with Ghosts because with World War Two they're taking just backstep after backstep on feature like features have just disappeared that were present in games as as far back as World World at War like was a more feature rich World War Two game than Call of Duty World War Two is but I think Infinite Warfare would have been received better had it not been the third sci-fi game in a row. Because Infinite Warfare also didn't remove any features, it only built on things, it only refined, and it was objectively a good game. People were just tired of it at that point. So what's kind of disheartening about this survey is that they're they're only offering us historical settings. Granted, we haven't done Vietnam yet, we haven't done Korea yet, and the Cold War stuff in Black Ops 1, like that only happened once, and it was very popular. Uh, it kind of be nice to go back to that. But people kind of want there to just be something different every year and not to be like, okay, well, this is the era that we're doing historical games. This is the era we're doing modern games, stuff like that. I actually think around the time that Modern Warfare 3 came out, people were starting to feel the kind of fatigue of the generic modern shooter because everything was modern back then there was a there was a million modern shooters coming out yeah and people didn't get quite as sick of it as with the sci-fi stuff but you could definitely feel it and then black ops 2 came out after modern warfare 3 and was like sort of near future and people were like hey that was cool that was that was a good time drones drones are fun and then ghosts just went back to modern shooter stuff they did like a post-apocalyptic pseudo setting but yeah, it was still been, just... It should have been a lot cooler than it was. Yeah, it should have been like cooler. It, sh- it should have been, like, way better than it was. It wasn't very good. Um, they, they did post-apocalypse United States, but it, it should it should have been way cooler than that. Like, that's on paper just sounds awesome. And they somehow just made it boring. They made it dull in the campaign. <clears throat> well, to me, I don't hate... Uh, um, I don't hate World War Two. Uh, I'm still having fun now that I'm like past the first fifteen levels of multiplayer. Like, holy crap! See, like I, the gun balance is so bad, but all that can oh, be yeah. patched. All that can be patched and balanced. Well, let's hope it gets patched and balanced because remember, Sledgehammer didn't fix the Battle Twenty Seven and Advanced Warfare until two years after the game came out. Like Infinite Warfare was about to come out, and they finally they finally fixed the gun balance in that game. Yeah. I mean, so, like, I'm a, I don't hate it. Uh, if we have to do another setting, which is not going to be Treyarch's game next year, because that, that has already been in development for, like, two years, so there's no yeah. way 
Yeah, they, they couldn't rejigger They're just now it. choosing the setting. So that must be Infinity War's next game. So I'm hoping it's... What I don't get is that they say World War II European theater, but we did, we, we, that's what World War II is. Yeah, I know, but uh, like, it also, they give the game has done really well. So if people yeah, I don't, want I don't more of that... I don't want to keep seeing another... I would rather see the Pacific. Like, if you're going to do World War II, do, do Pacific and maybe the Eastern Front. Here's the thing. World at War had both of them. You, yeah. you were you were playing the Russians in the European theater and the Americans in the Pacific theater, and it made it to where every so missions you would tw- switch perspectives, and it was like it, it wasn't just a different setting, but they made the Japanese and the Nazis fight completely different. The Nazis were way more defensive. They were they more relied on uh, like their firepower to get the job done because they had better weapons than basically anyone in World War II. And then when you were fighting the Japanese, the Japanese were really aggressive. The Japanese would pop out of the ground just out of nowhere, like they were hiding in spider holes. Um, They they would charge you with bayonets. Like if they had, if they, if they outnumbered you, they would just like from all sides be coming at you with like melee attacks. And that, it, every every mission was like refreshing because it's like oh we're switching theaters again you know we're gonna go back to go back to Russia or go back to Europe you know we're in the snow now then you go to Japan and it's like oh we got palm trees and stuff and we got yeah, yeah. very angry people running at me with blades. I was really surprised that um, that World War Two didn't jump around. Yeah, um, like I was expecting it to to go back and forth kind of. Yeah, I, I, one of my issues with World War, World, bleh, with World War II's campaign is that you've seen everything by the fifth mission. Yeah, that, that kind of feels how it's it's gonna be so far. I, I still I had a lot of fun in the second mission. Like I said, the third mission was okay. Yeah, I liked the second mission. It had a lot of turret segments before I realized the whole game was gonna have a lot of turret segments. I kind of got the feeling, oh, this is the turret mission. This is yeah. like. The defense no. where I'm, you know, I'm mowing down a bunch of people in different ways. You know, like you have the AA gun and then you have like that final stand and that like farm with the turrets set up in the buildings and stuff. Like, yeah, that was fun. But then they kept doing it later. It was like, hey, stop. No, that was the second missions thing. You, you need a different thing. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not that far yet, so I haven't seen a ton of stuff repeated, but I, I can imagine that but, it probably just be repeated, which sucks. But Oh, well. <clears throat> yeah, that, um, that's kind of my my problem because, or with the settings thing, we used to have that when it was just Treyarch and Infinity Ward because you would get the modern game would come out every other year, and then the the crazy schizophrenic game would come out the years that it didn't. Like uh, you had World at War that had Japan and uh, Germany, and then you had Modern Warfare Two, and then. After Modern Warfare 2, you got uh, not not as much Vietnam. There was a there were a couple Vietnam missions in Black Ops One, but it was like Bay of Pigs in Cuba. Uh, yeah. you know, lots of stuff in Russia, like the prison escape level. Like, there's so much crazy stuff and just variety going on, and the psychological stuff going on too. And then after that, after that fever dream. A good fever dream, I would argue. You get Modern Warfare Three, which is back to kind of a more more believable kind of a set in this time period modern game. And then right after that, you get Black Ops Two, which is near future and a whole bunch more crazy stuff going on. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I really hope Treyarch is set. <clears throat> I don't want it to be World War Two again. Although, if any, if either, ugh, if any of those companies have to do World War Two, I, I would prefer it to be Treyarch because. Yeah, honestly, I just prefer Treyarch. I think Sledgehammer and Infinity Ward are basically the same company. Like essentially, like before World War Two, when they were doing um, Infinity War did uh, Infinite Warfare and then Advanced Warfare. Like they were kind of like, or as far as campaign goes, I guess is what I mean. <clears throat> they don't do much to separate themselves from each other. Uh, I think like it's pretty straight up military. Like there's no like psychological factor or like. Well, see after World War II, after World War Two, I think that is the case. World War Two feels like. It's trying to be like Call of Duty One and Call of Duty Two. Yeah, it's it's not pulling it off as well as Infinity Ward did, but uh, like Advanced Warfare was like the crazy, you know, the mercenaries and like the uh, the, the uh, uh, Kevin Spacey was trying to perform ethnic cleansing with DNA bombs. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. That was pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you, you know, you were switching sides. You were you're switching from mercenary to like helping, uh, like that CIA strike team and whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then Infinite Warfare was absolutely. It, it felt like a a war game. Like it felt like well, these are the good guys. These are the bad guys. It's involving a whole lot of nations. But like Mars is a problem. Mars is attacking the entirety of Earth. We're all going to have... Everyone on Earth has to band together to fight Mars. And it was like... I think Infinite Warfare kind of benefits from a Star Wars-like good and evil conflict. Like, where it's like, these are the good guys, these are the bad guys. And the bad guys are are so bad, they even kill their own people to make a point kind of bad. It's like, we, we cannot yeah. tolerate... We can't tolerate them. There's no, there's no questioning of the good guys' motives in Infinite Warfare. Um, and I think that was kind of refreshing in a space setting because it's so far out in the future, but it still kind of feels like Call of Duty 2 in a lot of ways. So... They had that interesting... Go ahead, yeah. sorry. After nah. World War II came out, yeah, uh, it feels like Sledgehammer's personality disappeared from the campaign. Uh, and I think it's because Sledgehammer wanted to make Advanced Warfare 2. And... If they hadn't made two sci-fi games after Advanced Warfare, I think they would have they would have been given that. They would have told, "Yeah, go for it." Uh, but because of the fan backlash, everyone's getting their creative freedom stripped away. I think Treyarch's probably going to keep theirs. I think I it, hope would so. be, it would be cool if, if not future, it's still Black Ops Four, and it'll still have crazy, like, just crazy stuff happening. Like it's it's going to be a, a narrative mess, and just be like, all right, this mission we're going to do something completely uncalled for, and we're going to do that like twenty times. Yeah, I would love if if any of them can keep their creativity. I hope it's Treyarch because they actually have some creativity. They have the most, yeah, by far. And I think Absolutely. I think Treyarch's creativity comes from they just seem more likely to be like, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, we'll we'll try that. There doesn't yeah, seem, might as well. for better or worse, Treyarch doesn't have to, doesn't seem to have central planning or like a central vision. It's like, yeah, it sounds like that'd be pretty dope. Let's do it. Oh man, the the little it wasn't even told to you, but like the whole story of Black Ops Three, like yeah, it's insane. That secret twist. I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but 
No, I didn't even pick up on it like at all. I don't. I don't think if we had even another hour, we could spoil the twist for people. Yeah, it would. It would take a while. But it's uh, it's Metal Gear tier in my opinion. Like the twist is. Yeah, and you guys told me about it. And I didn't believe you, and I was like, I was like, no, nah, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> and then I was like, oh wait, and I watched that video that you sent me, and I was like, oh dude, that's crazy. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, very good uh, plot and characters. Justice League, we uh, that came out. This is that was not a related segue at all. What are you on about? <laughs> Friday, uh, I went and saw it yesterday. I think Tim saw it Friday. Dallas liked it better than I did, to say the least. Yeah, but I still didn't like it. Like I didn't. Oh, okay. I didn't like. That's what I was trying to say. It was like I don't like it, but it's better than the way it, it broke down for me was like. Uh, Suicide should Squad we give a spoiler? Should we give a spoiler warning? Yeah, spoiler warning. I don't, All right, spoiler warning. Like... I'm going to tell you right now, TLDR. Before the spoiler warning, go don't go watch the movie. It's it's very it's pedestrian. It, it's you honestly can wait for it's, it. it's yeah. kind of sad. Wait for it's it like, on video. It's, it's at like best. It's pre MCU superhero movie. Yeah, and honestly, I actually think BVS. You can make the argument to see it in the theaters because it felt big and bombastic, and like it benefited from surround sound and a big screen. Justice League feels tiny in comparison to BVS, and I did not like BVS. But Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder can have fun with some buildings blowing up. Yeah, but having said that, I think if I had to—that's what I was saying. If I had to rewatch, and Wonder Woman wasn't on the table. But yeah, if I yeah. had to, if uh, so, assuming Wonder Woman never happened, which was clearly a fluke, apparently. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, if that had never happened, if I had to rewatch uh, Suicide Squad, uh, Batman vs Superman, or Justice League, I'd rewatch Justice League. So Man of Steel also is off the table. Yeah, because I'd watch Man of Steel. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's it's the third best DCU film, but that DCU, but that's not saying anything. Like Wonder Woman is a great film. I will watch Wonder Woman. I like Wonder Woman. Yeah. Man of Steel is fine. Yeah. It's it's better in retrospect. Yeah, see, Man of Steel has some coming. plot holes <laughs> and that is what I held against it so much, but all of the the movies that are worse than Man of Steel have more and worse plot holes and they are less entertaining. Okay, so, so one thing I was going to ask you, oh, but if I had to watch any of them again, it would be Justice League. Because although it wasn't great, there were some good like character interactions that I kind of laughed at. Uh, Jason Momoa is in this one, so that's automatically a plus. <laughs> yeah. um, he, it's I got extra eye candy just having him there. And you you felt the action was bad. I felt some of the action was pretty good. There were some parts where I was like, oh, that was kind of cool. Like It's in the trailer, but uh, Aquaman's surfing that dude. Down through the building and out. I was yeah, like, that was that, fun. It, it the CGI looked was horrible. awful. Yeah, yeah. It <laughs> the looked idea bad, but was I was fun. like, I was like, okay, I'm I'm good with that. It's kind of like you know, uh, like we were saying before. I don't really enjoy Pokemon, but yeah, Raichu surfing on his tail—that's pretty sweet. I, I can yeah, dig like, it. <laughs> that's how Aquaman was. Dresses, dresses hmm, a bat. I dig it. See, okay, um, I I'm not going to spoil anything else, but Aquaman felt. Like he was two different characters in this movie. He at some points he felt moody and brooding, and then at other parts he was going yeah. Well, see, he's only mooding and moody and brooding in like the very first scene he's in, and then after that he's like fun. He's like absolutely funny, and I think that's that, that's 
I can tell that there were two different directors. Yeah, you can see the two like, different directors. Like, you can absolutely see when the movie splits. Because in the very first scene, Aquaman, like, throws Bruce Wayne up against, like, the wall. And, like, he he's being all broody. He's, and then, like, he's being the next a time Snyder he's, Aquaman. Yeah, and the next time you see him, he's, like, cracking jokes. Yeah. Like, he's, um, like, laughing. And he, it, like, it's from inside the building to outside the building. When they're walking together, he starts, like, joking and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and... Uh, I think it's the problem is that you don't see where the movie there's no clean split where it you see that it changed directors because you know no one films everything in order so there there's some stuff later that was clearly Snyder and then some stuff kind of in between that's clearly Joss Whedon yeah and man it, does it not it, mix it really I think, doesn't I mean it like I think that that leads to one of the one of the movie's biggest problems in my well man I don't know there's so many big problems but one of the problems being the the tone deafness. Like, the tone is all over the place. Like, there's one part where Steppenwolf straight up snaps a lady's neck while she's begging for her life. And then oh, literally yeah. right after that, Barry Allen cracks a joke. A stupid joke, because he's not funny. What was... I don't remember the joke he cracked. I don't remember it either, because all but of I remember it sucked. In, when uh, Batman and... Or uh, when Bruce Wayne and uh, Wonder Woman are having their little spat in the thing and then like he's like did steve trevor tell you that and she like throws him into the the thing behind him Mm -hmm. and then like barry allen like makes a joke like right then i'm like that that was ill-timed yeah (laughs) i was like that was a really and it's not it's not ezra miller's fault it's just his character's written so bad and i think he i think he got really poor direction on it yeah i think he was given bad instruction i've only seen ezra miller and one other thing before and it was perks of being a wallflower and he's not the reason i hate that movie so yeah. credit to him. I like him in that movie. I like him in Californication. Like I've liked him in most things I've seen him in. But yeah, he's just not. He's like Sheldon. It's like he's like yeah. Sheldon from Big Bang Theory. <laughs> yeah, which he even makes like a second favorite chair joke. Yeah, and, and in case y'all don't know, we think that show is bad. It is bad to be like Big Bang Theory. Yeah, it's not a good. When it first when it first came out, I was like, oh, this is kind of refreshing. And now I'm just like, no, I, uh, no. <laughs> No, what? It's like the same jokes over and over. Um, uh, okay, so now we're going to go into spoiler warning. The other stuff was kind of vague. This is spoiler warning. Uh, so, so if you care, if you care to actually see the movie, then then stop now. I mean, also yes. because you're not going to want to hear about how much I hate it. But um, okay, spoiler warning over. That's your last warning. They retroactively make Wonder Woman less cool, in my opinion. Because at the end of how her at the end of her origin story, like Wonder Woman one and apparently two is still happening, they show her like at the end of it like she's she's jumping off that building she's in you know her armor she's gonna go do stuff, and then in Justice League, they make it like she was in mopey hiding until Lex brought her out by stealing a picture of Trev of Trevor, like. There, there was no, like, Wonder Woman's been doing behind-the-scenes kind of secret agent stuff. It was, like, the equivalent of Captain America getting Captain America getting frozen in the iceberg, only she didn't get frozen in the iceberg. She was just so stricken with grief for almost an entire century that she just didn't help with anything a- until someone stole her picture of Trevor. And it's like... Yeah, that how, was really weird. How, like, emotionally unadjusted are you trying to turn Wonder Woman into like it's almost like she just didn't learn anything 
from Trevor's, like, sacrifice or Trevor's memory. It's like, oh, no, my boyfriend's dead. Which, yes, that would suck. I mean, you know, to be fair, I was going to say. Even <laughs> for, like, a few years. That would years, suck. Even for, like, a few years made me mope around. And, like, yeah, you're never going to get over that grief. But I, I feel like Wonder Woman, of all people, would eventually get back in the saddle and start doing hero work. And they could explain her not being in the public eye by her just doing behind-the-scenes stuff like she did in World War One. Yeah, I thought that was a really, really weird... Uh... It was almost like they changed it for the sake of that argument. Where well, they like, changed a lot of stuff, too. Yeah, they give Bruce some kind of some kind of jab that he can throw at her whenever he wants her. It's like, yeah, well, you moped around for a century. And it's like, well, come on. <laughs> like, well, I mean, they, I mean, they did that, and then they did... Uh, um, what was I going to say? Wonder Woman barely uses mm-hmm. her shield in this movie. Yeah, like, her, I don't think she does at all. I don't remember her using it. She was using her bracelets a lot. Yeah, which is the cooler of the two, in my opinion. But uh, I don't know. That first scene looked so goofy because it wasn't a shield. That first scene where she's just comically rubbery CGI throwing her forearms in front of all of those bullets because it was full auto. Oh, and she's yeah, like, that looked really, she's really... Like, yeah, okay. Yeah, she's crouch running and throwing her wrists in the way of it in, like, this weird, like, choppy train motion when all she could have done instead was taken the shield and thrown it or, like, rushed forward while holding the shield in front of the hostages and had the bullets come off of that. That would have looked much cooler. Also, uh, yeah, the bracelets are more original, but I think the shield is cool. So I kind yeah, of wanted, I I wanted more I, of the shield. I kind of got why they did what they did, though. Um, yeah. Just so she doesn't look like girl Captain America. Yeah, I think that's probably why they were like, mm, maybe we should do uh, We're going to have to make her crouch run, guys. We're going to have to make her do a crab walk at, at, I hated at light that speed. they did that stupid slow motion bullet thing again. It's like, dude, they did that like four times in Wonder Woman. Yeah, and I know. And it's like, we get it. Like, she can block. Like, you don't have to keep showing every little bullet slow motion. Like, I get, I understand when she dodges the first one that she's yeah. going to be able to block everything else. My- in the original Wonder Woman, my favorite bullet that she blocks is when they're in the alley and someone tries to shoot Trevor and she just has her wrist across yeah. it. And, like, and like she blocked it. All right, scene. That was cool. We're moving on. Yeah, I agree. Um, there was one other thing I was going to talk about that was a... Uh, oh, okay, so... I, when are we going to talk about Steppenwolf? Because, man, that'll, that'll man occupy. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't have much to say about him. He was just, meh. I got a lot. What? There was, well, it's another plot hole involving him. He said, unless I just missed it, which, I mean, if I missed it, please tear me apart in the comments. Um, <clears throat> I might tear you apart like, here. Okay. He's like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't take what? that as threatening. That was definitely inappropriately sexual. Oh, good. Demonetized. I'm going to take this part out. <laughs> um, nice. <laughs> uh, what part am I thinking of? The uh, Some with Steppenwolf. The mother boxes. Steppenwolf's like... Oh, you mean the like loot I, boxes in Injustice 2? They're called mother boxes. That's that's actually pretty tight. Like, if you're going to call a loot box something, mother box is a pretty sweet DC thing to call them. Yeah, but I couldn't help but see it ever throughout I didn't, well, I didn't know that. I didn't know that going in. I also, I also <laughs> knew like, what mother man, boxes... They trying to steal Steppenwolf's loot boxes. <laughs> Also full price for those. Mother boxes were before they before I. <laughs> I watched didn't. So. Justice League, uh, <laughs> or would have seen that in Justice. But um, 
He's like, he's like, yeah, I couldn't come back to Earth because of the Kryptonian or whatever. And he's like, but now that he's gone, and I'm like, dude, he wasn't there for like hundreds of years, thousands of yeah, years. That's a big like, issue. I was like, and why it- didn't he come back sooner? Like, I don't, I didn't get that at all. Like, why not? I'm a, I may have missed it. It may be in BBS. I may be wrong. But when he said that, I was thinking, I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. I was like, I like the idea of Superman keeping other people away. But then I was like, wait. Superman hasn't been there that long, like, yeah, before, and, he, before he kicked it. And it clearly wasn't Wonder Woman that was keeping him away, and she was just going to mope around well, if she, he had invaded they didn't know, because she was just, she was just a, as far as he knew, she's just an Amazonian. Like, she, she doesn't, he doesn't refer to her as being any more than an Amazonian. Yeah. Like, so as far as he knew, she's just another, and he, like, kills him in that. I didn't mind that, that first scene where Steppenwolf... Takes the box from the Amazonians. Yeah, I liked that, how I liked how it went from the temple like all the way out into the fields. Like I was like that. It's bad CGI, but I like some of the moves that they tried to do with it. Yeah, I, I liked kind of the idea of that chase across the plains and stuff, just because it reminded me of the final boss fight in Twilight Princess, which was pretty dope and similar to that. <laughs> I need to play Twilight Princess. You should play the HD one. Yeah, I'm going to. Um, That's what I'm going to do. With, with okay, and then here's something that I I honestly I I hate the kind of fallacy of this criticism, but like the way Batman was getting clues from the way that parademons were burning into the wall, like the way that they would burn up and they'd leave a visual clue the about the mother boxes. I don't understand that at all and i feel like the reason i don't understand it is because the writing was bad and that's a fallacious thing to say it could be i'm just an idiot that missed it but i I'm feel like that should the, be something that's hard to miss i'm thinking maybe it's because the parademons are made from the mother box's power so when they die that i mean i don't i think it was just a plot of us and it doesn't with all the other flaws in those movies. I was I didn't even think of that when I saw it. I was just like, oh okay. <laughs> like I didn't. I was just like, it didn't even occur to me. That I was just like three squares. Okay, that means something to Batman, I guess. Well, Batman knew about the squares before that because he knew from Lex's journal. Oh, uh, that's right. I but guess the so. scene where Lex learns all about that is cut out of the theater cut of BBS. So <laughs> unless you watch the Ultimate Edition, you'd have no idea why Lex knows anything about Darkseid or any of that. And frankly, I think it's asking too much of anyone to say that they should see the Ultimate Edition to know what's yeah. going on. That's with just all the, madness. With all the things wrong with BBS or uh, Justice League, I did the scene where Wonder Woman has the lasso of truth on Aquaman. I thought Jason Momoa played that off really well. And yeah. it didn't occur to me that he had the lasso on him until he started, like, when he was like, he's like, you know we're going to die, which is fine. It's an honorable death. And then he's, like, dissing all the Justice League members, and he gets to Wonder Woman, and he's like, and you're gorgeous. And uh, he's like, you know what? I am afraid to die. I'm a young man. <laughs> he's like, I, he's like, there's plenty I want to do. And he's, like, going on. Yeah. And then he, like, notices it and throws it. And then they ruin it. Because, like, Aquaman walks by off the Flash, and he's, like, grabs him, and he's like, if you say a word about it, I swear to God, I'll end you, or whatever he says. And, like, walks off, and Flash is like, I didn't hear anything after he said we're going to die. I was like, that's not funny. Like, Joss, what? That's not funny. Like, <laughs> Also, who, who's the Flash going to tell that wasn't already in that room? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of it, too. But I didn't even think of that, but I thought... 
Such a stupid joke. joke. There's some like really good jokes and like really good one-liners and then really bad one-liners. I thought there was a, a one of the best one-liners, but it didn't work because they hadn't given Batman the character to say this yet. Yeah, which one? And I, did, I didn't like that they were calling back to it with the whole like, do you bleed? Yeah, no, in, that in BBS, was so and BBS, and stiff. And BBS Batman says, you know, do you bleed, you will, which is a badass line. That would be sweet yeah. to read in a comic. I was like, oh, that's cool. Also, you know what? And else? then Superman, Superman has like Batman held up, and he's like, "Do you bleed?" And then he like throws him to the right when Lois gets there. And then Batman's like, after everything one leaves, Batman's on the ground, and he's like, "Something's definitely bleeding," which is a good line if they had established that Batman would make that kind of joke. Yeah, it's so awkward because all he is is in BBS is like an angry old Batman. Yeah, he's angry, and all of a sudden, because Superman killed himself to kill. A doomsday it's like like in, in bv the batman what? we get from bvs and the batman we see in suicide squad and the batman that we see up to that point that he's making that joke the funniest thing we expect from that batman is in bvs when doomsday is about to blow him up and i'm gonna have to take this out of the youtube edit when he's just like he looks up he can't get out of the seatbelt and he's just oh shit like yeah like yeah that's a joke that you would get from that Batman. That's a laugh you would get from that Batman. Not, well, something's definitely bleeding. And, yeah, man, can I just uh, say how, how awkward his reaction to to Clark was when he comes back and he's like, um, uh, Clark says something about, like, him hating him, or, like, Batman <laughs> hating Superman. And yeah. then Bruce was like, I don't, not. Not. And it's like, what? No, no. He says, he says, uh, you like me or something like that. Or he's like, he's like, and I know you don't like me. And then Batman's like, I don't, not like. I think it would have been better if he had just been like, I, I don't not like you, like. Or it could just be what you would, what you would want to hear Batman say, and he just goes, I don't, and then they just move on because Batman doesn't like people. I like how we have the uh, Kevin Conroy voice for Batman, even no matter what Batman it is. <laughs> <laughs> no matter who head. it is, it's just like I don't. Which yeah. I can do a Kevin Conroy voice, but um, well, that was the inflection I used, and it was yeah. what was in my head when I was thinking about it. Yeah, it felt really, and some of the CGI is like so bad. It's like I'd say most of the CGI is really bad. Cyborg never looks good at any. Cyborg, point. Cyborg looks good when he's completely covered in his hoodie and sweatpants. I don't know. I thought he looked kind of goofy. Like well, the, they kept the him in the dark, so you could you couldn't like see it. He like, yeah, but the constant glow that comes from his face looks really poorly CGI'd, and his the way his body is shaped when he's covered in clothes looks somehow more goofy when it's than when it's not. Like that's, he's got that's these huge, his... broad, pointy shoulders, and then these tiny little thin like chicken legs. That's just his body. He said in an interview that that was the only time he didn't have to wear any kind of costume underneath his stuff. He's a he's one weird looking dude. He's got really broad. Sh- I think they must have put something in the shoulder, but he uh, he's a really broad like us in the interviews. He's like a very broad person. He's got tiny little thin chicken legs, or cyborg yeah, does. Skips leg there. Um, yeah, yeah. I thought he looked awful. The CGI just you know I mean it was worse than Man of Steel or at least Man of Steel levels because Man of Steel looks pretty bad now. Yeah. On but- a, on a revisit. I think maybe it could be on the same level as Man of Steel, which is bad in of itself. Like, Man of Steel was bad at the point that it came out, but... When did Man of Steel come out? 2000... 2013 or 2012, I think. But okay. 
Justice League is uses so much more CGI than Man of Steel did, which is unreal to even think about. But Justice like Steppenwolf is entirely CGI. There is nothing tangible about Steppenwolf. Yeah, there's nothing to grab. He looks. He's just. The thing is, is I feel like he. I feel like he was almost interesting. They just didn't explore it. Nah, I, I didn't get any of that. He, he was the one, possibly. He's in the top three worst comic book movie villains that I've ever seen, and it's just because there was not there was not even a hint of interest in my opinion. He well, was, see, I thought he was interested in the way that he was talking about his exile. Like he would give like these small hints, but then they never went into it. And it was just like some of the stuff he would like. I think it was just the way he spoke. Like he's spoken such a weird. Oh, what, oh god! One part that really before I forget it. One part that really like made me laugh and like, like in the theater I like laughed and like put my hands up was uh, when Batman fires those or Cyborg fires those rockets at him, and then Steppenwolf catches one and he's like primitive animals or whatever he says. And then I'm like, dude, you're using an axe. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Like, what do you mean primitive? Like, you're they were just guys- like. All right, where's the where's the supervillain line generator? What we got in this one? <laughs> like, there's no nuance on what things he was saying. It was just like, here's generic. Yeah, I was like, thing to he, say. I was like, what do you mean, primitive? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I was like, I have moved past the need for laser guided missiles. I use only <laughs> axes. Fools! Who uses missiles anymore when you can have an axe that you can't really hit from far away? I like the idea that Steppenwolf or his race or his kind at one point were using laser-guided missiles and stuff, and at one point they're like, "Nah, axes." They like made the conscious decision. It wasn't some kind of you know apocalyptic event. Like no, they should have discovered. They should have discovered axes second. (laughs) (laughs) They were they were using tanks and like uh, they blow uh, something up and laser defense systems first. And they're like, hold on a second, guys. Blade on the end of a stick. Yo, think about it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna call someone a primitive if I ever see them using rockets again. (laughs) And that's what happened. Bunch of bunch of plebs. It's so bad, dude. The more we talk about it, the less I like it. But there, it, if I, I hope it ends. I hope that ends the DCU. It was getting like clapping. It was getting like at the end of my showing, like people were clapping. Uh, people weren't clapping at mine. I think people in my theater had better taste. They, they were, must. Uh, there are a few people who left, and I actually think one of the families left because they had a little girl that were with them. And when the lady who's screaming for her life gets her neck snapped and her body thrown to the floor, they left after that. <laughs> so Damn. I think it was maybe like, darn, you know, we, we don't want our, our six year old little girl to to see any more of this. And we weren't really expecting that because you wouldn't see that happen in the Avengers. The Avengers doesn't do anything like that. Uh, they stab Coulson. Yeah, but Coulson was also doing something heroic, and he gets a heroic last line. He was, like, standing up to Loki. Yeah, this, I guess he wasn't lady, begging this for lady, his life. Yeah, this lady was was just some innocent person who just gets her neck snapped and her lifeless body thrown on the ground by a big, giant, scary monster man. So, Yeah, that's right. It, it, it's slightly different. So, I think maybe that's why they left. It was kind of a content thing. Which, I mean, hey, it's PG-13. You kind of... I also didn't get 
when Batman's like, hey, Flash, save one person, was was he going to save one and then be like, oh, I should save all these people? Like, I can do this? Was that the whole point of that? Or was it just like... I, yeah, I think that was the point. I think Batman's point was, calm down, was, you don't have to fight, just save one guy. If you save, just, just like, save one guy because we probably can't be bothered right now. Like, yeah, they're going to be fighting stuff. Like, like, I don't know. It just, yeah, I no, was it, like, it wasn't that's, great, that's a but lame. I understood the point of it. That's what I thought it was, and I was like, I'm a, maybe I missed it. Maybe I was, a, like, I paid attention to the whole thing, though, so I was like, I think it was good that after he saves one guy, Barry Allen's like, oh, okay, that was easy, so I'm going to go get the rest. Dude, he, like, he, like, trips. Yeah, he, he trips I was like, a few times. I mean, he gets, like, I know he gets distracted, but, like, you do this all the time. Like, you yeah. run all the How do you trip? Also... Um, Barry Allen's run cycle is one of the funniest things I've seen in See, any movie in a long time. The thing is, is up until the very end scene where they see him running, show him running between the blocks for like an extended period of time, I didn't notice it being funny because it was always quick. It was like him running, like they actually did a good job of not doing slow motion too much. It was always him like there and back, there and back. Yeah. And even when they did the slow motion, I was like, I don't see it, what Tim's talking about. I was like, this isn't like as bad as Tim was saying. And then they show him running through the city streets, dude, and his arms are like flopping around. Spaghetti noodles in his legs. Yeah. It his looks legs are like so flopping bad. around. He, he looks like he's either drunk or he, he's trying. Man, I don't, I don't know. It, he, re, he honestly just looks drunk. He looks drunk yeah. or that or like he never learned proper running form and he thinks looks, that this is how you're supposed to do it. I mean that's fair. I guess that matches his character, but <laughs> I, I guess. I it mean, doesn't fit the flash though. Yeah, the flash no. is supposed to look cool when he sprints. He uh, doesn't even run like that like in the comics. Like he runs like yeah, pretty no, straight up and like I mean he does sometimes he'll run that far, but it it's a car like in an animated cartoon, like it looks a lot better than Yeah. CG uh whatever that was. Yeah, and I don't think you should ever show a slow-mo version of The Flash running. You should, like, everything else can be slow-mo, and he'll be running normal speed. I think that's that's how it should look. You should always maintain that sense of, Barry Allen is too fast to even get slow-mo of. Yeah. But uh, right. I, I think what I was g- a really, one, more, one thing that I'll say that I thought was cool, and I wish was in a better movie, was when Superman comes back and he's a rage monster for reasons. I was just about to say, do you want to talk about Clark? Sure, yeah. Yeah, uh, when he comes back, I thought that was weird and stiff. That that whole fight scene out in the open next to his statue was just awkward, in my opinion. But one part that was really cool was when Barry's trying to flank him, like he's trying to run around him, and Barry's, you know, everyone is in super slow mo, and Barry, and Barry Barry's trying to get behind him, and then you see Superman's eye track Barry, and Barry's oh, yeah. like his eyes widen, like oh. I've never oh, encountered no. that before. That was really cool, and I wish it was in a better movie. <laughs> yeah, that's. I think that was the the good parts of that movie. I like really hung on to because that's that's all I had, and I was like, man, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, if this had been in something else, like this would have been so good. Or if this movie had just been better, because it has it. Suicide Squad, I couldn't have made better. <laughs> Batman vs Superman, like not like using what's inside the movie without you know completely yeah. redoing it. I couldn't have made. Batman yeah, versus Superman better. Suicide Squad would have had to have a completely different plot. Justice League, it's a Justice League plot. It should work. It feels like, like a, a really mediocre or bad episode of Justice League Unlimited. 
Yeah, it feels like a weird, like, two or three episode filler arc. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, there, there was nothing. But with Justice League, I, could, I felt like there was stuff that I could change slightly, and it would have made it better. But yeah. I didn't feel that way with Batman vs. Superman or Suicide Squad. I was like, nah. I didn't like... Okay, the dumbest line in the entire movie, other than Lois Lane not needing to be in there until she's brought back to stop Superman, or, like, to calm down Superman. Uh-huh. She, they could have easily skipped that whole scene where it's like, oh, I'm just writing fluff pieces about kittens and talking to, like, Superman's mom. Uh-huh. Um, and all that, like, Lois should have been kept until she, like, until Superman came out was bad and Bruce brought out the big guns. Yeah. And Lois could have been introduced there because we already know who Lois is. We don't need to see that she's all sad and stuff. Like, obviously she's sad. Yeah, in Superman's fact, dead. Like, in fact, the, the implication that we need to see Lois and Superman's mom dealing with the fallout of Superman being dead is a confirmation that the writer thinks that we already know who Lois is, which makes that scene completely pointless. Like, yeah, you can't just like, introduce her in the middle. Yeah, like, it, it, that's what an established universe is. I feel I feel like they have this need to, like, reintroduce every character. However, like not. Are, you, are you reintroducing characters by making them deal with the fallout of a previous movie? It's almost I mean, like, you kind of are, because they could have kept her away until the middle of the movie. They're, they're basically like, oh yeah, remember her? She's in this one. Like, it's like, she's going to show up later, but... They don't have to do that in an established universe because it's like, yeah, we expect her to be there at some point. It'd be like, like Scarlet, uh, not Scarlet yeah. Widow, Black Widow, Scarlet Johansson, <laughs> Black Widow. Uh, she could show up in the middle of any Marvel movie out of nowhere, and yeah. we would accept it. And we'd be like, oh, cool, uh-huh. Black Widow's here. Like, we don't have yep. to be like, oh, I didn't see her earlier in the movie. How how was I supposed to know she was going to be in this? Like, uh-huh. no, like you can just show up, and I'll believe you that she's there. Like. Yeah, I'll believe you. I'll believe that she's there. Uh, I th- I think I actually would have preferred this movie had just been full Snyder. I think it would have been better. Either full Snyder or full Whedon. Like it should have gone yeah. one way or the other. Like, but and I, since the script had already been, and I understand why it happened, but <laughs> they straight up lied when they said that uh, Joss Whedon was just kind of filling in and going to do the script as it was and not going to make it his movie. Half of the movie is his movie. Like No, they no, they said he had like the, that was the original report and then they came out and were like, no, he's he's done like reshot like eighty percent of the movie. Like they came out they came back and were like, no, like Joss like reworked the whole script basically. Wow Remember? Joss, you did a terrible job. Yeah. He did. Was, I mean like okay, the one the one bad line is where like Superman comes back, he fights the Justice League, and then Lois gets there, and he takes Lois back to the the Kent farm. Um, and then she's like, you smell good. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh, the whole theater w- w- just erupted at so many of those cringy lines. Dude, I laughed so loud, I was like, what? He just got out of the ground, there's no way he smelled. I was like, I get that he he wasn't dead, he was just like... You he know, in- so beaten. Yeah, and that look, that, the same as the death of Superman, but yeah. <laughs> he still wouldn't smell good. He still would have not showered for, like, months, assuming, like, assuming months, I guess. Uh-huh. I like the uh, the implication of that kind of low metabolic regenerative state that Kryptonians go into. Yeah. The implication is that if they didn't need Superman at one point, he would have just woke up in a coffin and be like, Yeah, and he would have, like, popped out. Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> I do kind of like the way they brought him 
back, but it felt like it was like it felt it was just so rushed. It was like, oh, okay, he's back. Here we go. Like, yeah. I and think, then he disappears for like twenty five minutes, and then all of a sudden he like shows back up to fight Steppenwolf, and it's like, yeah, obviously. Yeah, he was there too early in the story. However, the scene that they that they're like using to revive him, I think, is drawn out. Where it's like, yeah, oh, agree. Barry's gonna have to get a big old running start and poke it right as it reaches the water, and they're trying to get tension out of this thing. Like, yeah, you know he's gonna do it. Like he should just, and he should just be able to do it, no problem. He's the he's the fastest man alive. He's the Flash. Like this should be easy for him. I did uh, like I did like at the end. I did like Superman in this movie a lot better than I liked him. Yeah. In any other, I hated the beginning, like with the cell phone footage. Yeah, that was really I was awkward. Like, this His is CGI dumb. not mustache looked like the worst at that. It's like point wax in the movie. lip. Yeah, you can tell his yeah. face is like plastic. But <laughs> I liked him in the fight scene. I like how he was kind of like he wasn't brute. Like he wasn't trying to kill Steppenwolf. He was like he almost looked happy to be like alive and fighting again. Yeah, and he didn't have just the constant angry grimace that he's had in every single action scene in. Man of Steel and BBS up to that point. Like, he and actually seemed to have confidence. He didn't seem like... He didn't seem yeah. to be just a pissed-off rage beast. And he goes and actually saves those people. Like, I loved... That was, like, my favorite thing that he did, was he's in the middle of fighting Steppenwolf, and he's, like, civilians, and then, like, flashes on it, and he's like, that's not enough. So he leaves the yeah. fight to, like, go save people. Like, that's what Superman should do and would do. And that uh-huh. seems also pretty good, where the Flash is, like moving that truck out of the way and he's like all right and he like looks to the right and superman's got like that entire apartment building uh-huh. just like flying it i was like that's pretty funny like that, it was moments that, like that that made me not hate the movie completely i, I wish, was like but like i wish that had been in a better movie i think okay i mean yeah no fair but i'm saying that's why those moments were the moments that i was like okay i'd rather watch this again because at least i would get to laugh at this part and i didn't think the action was all that bad some of it was, but some of it was like it was I just there were some ugly cool things they and, did. and it was poorly directed. I think on paper the action was fine, but the execution, there's so many awkward cuts and like there's there's too many cuts and it's not even like a shaky cam and like there are a lot of yeah. static shots that they're just moving around. It's like they're changing viewpoints and it doesn't add anything to the to the move, movement. It just makes it awkward. The underwater looked terrible, too, for Atlantis. Yeah, it looked really bad. I and really hope they'd fix, figure that out before Atlantis looked Aquaman really ugly. Out. If Aquaman even comes out at this point. Yeah. I'll be... Because they're uh, tracking at 96 million right now. That that number changed from last night. Uh, so 96 million is, like, way under what they wanted to do. They were aiming for, like, 120 for opening yeah. weekend. Granted, it only had a $300 million budget, which is way less than the billion they spent on BBS. Yeah. But it's it's also its weakest opening so far, I think, for DC. I also think it did better than it was going to do had Wonder Woman not happened and not been great. Because Wonder Woman kind of caught WB by surprise with how much people yeah. liked it. And I think a lot of the... Okay, I'll say the only bit of goodwill that... DC, like the DCEU had, and like a lot of the reason why Justice League got uh, probably a big chunk of the money that it did is because Wonder Woman was good. So, you know, yeah, the, the kind of mediocre reviews didn't do it any favors, but I also think people just weren't that enthused for it in general. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, let's see. Justice League is, is the smallest. Uh, Man of Steel, well, Dawn of Justice, BBS was $166 million. Suicide Squad was $133 million, but it had a great... Great, Fantastic uh, marketing campaign. Marketing, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then Man sold us a completely was, different movie. <laughs> Man of Steel was one sixteen. Wonder Woman was one hundred three, and Justice League was ninety six. It's really telling that their most popular movie came out right before Justice League, and Justice League still did worse than anything else before it. Yeah, like Suicide Squad did one thirty three after BVS, which was terrible. Mm-hmm. Like that's still. I mean, it's a drop, but I think they said it was like a. It hit like a Justice League hit like a fifteen percent drop from Friday to Saturday, and then it's expected to hit like a twenty seven percent drop from Saturday to Sunday. Yeah, I, I think this is a bold prediction, but I think by next week, if Justice League is in the lead, it'll barely be in the lead uh, in front of Thor Ragnarok. And oh, ju- not in the front of the total lead, or. Oh yeah, no, no. no. Not I, I mean, just from that weekend, or just from that week, like the box office numbers of that week. Like, if if Justice League is in first place after next week's box office numbers, it won't be a very commanding lead over Thor Ragnarok. And Thor Ragnarok lost very lost it, it lost the lead and it came back last week to be in in first again by a large margin. I think some movie came out that was actually kind of popular that got in front of it just by a little bit, but. I'm not sure. It, it's crazy how DC movies just drop off. They'll get their opening weekend, and that's everyone saying, well, maybe this one won't suck. And then the second and third and weekend sucks, after yeah. that, it's like, nah, guys, it sucks. It's bad. Don't go see it. So, like, they're num- they get maybe one or two uh, weekends that they win, whereas a Marvel film will have, like, four or five. Yeah, for the most part, Marvel stays on top for, like, days. I mean, weeks and weeks. Let's see, Wonder Woman had the highest grossing. Domestic box office with four hundred ten thousand. That doesn't surprise and, me. And that is, Dawn of Justice did three hundred thirty thousand. It's the closest next one. So almost a yeah. hundred thousand more than Dawn of Justice. Like Justice League, is not even Justice League is way under the rest of them. I'll be surprised if it makes over two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, I think people. I think people. I, I mean, it'll, it'll make over two hundred fifty thousand. It already did. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think people realized that after BVS was kind of like. Yeah, it sucks, but it's the first time we've seen Batman and Superman fight each other on on the big screen. Yeah, so this you was the f- go see that. Yeah, but like this was the first time we saw the Justice League on screen, and it's not getting the same enthusiasm because people are like, "Nah, this is a problem when it sucks." It's like I don't like it when that's a when that. <laughs> it's bad when it's disappointing. It's like yeah, it's the first time, but man, yeah. L- let's hope it's it's the worst time. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Next week we have... Oh, Coco's coming out next week. There's no way Justice League stays on top. Wow, no. Yeah, Disney is going to erase the Justice League. And a Disney animated film... We talk about Marvel dominance. A Disney animated film? That's like... Boy, don't release anything around that. It's like Star Wars and Disney cartoons. Just avoid releasing anything near those. Yeah, it's got pretty good Rotten Tomato scores. 97 for Coco. Darkest Hour, Gary Oldman's... Uh, oh, I want to uh, see that so Winchester. badly. It's got like a 5.7 on IMDb, which is crazy to me. So I don't know if people are like bombed or like, or if it just actually is bad, which I don't trust IMDb that much anyway, but it's kind of a good... It's a good indicator on what most the mass audience thinks. 
I can't wait to see just Gary Oldman playing yeah, that sorry. character. I'll be okay. I'll be okay with that. Justice League is a forty percent on Rotten Tomatoes as of now. Yeah, that, I think I, I can see that just being like kind of the general consensus, kind of a forty percent. However, I'd give it maybe a, a two out of ten in my opinion. Both, both for Jason Momoa's pecs. <laughs> yes, I said that in the chat. It's like it gets one point, one each for Jason Momoa's pectorals. Now I'll say I'll give it a four because it did have the best Superman as of to date. It did have Jason Momoa's Aquaman. I enjoyed, and it did have like good. It had character interactions that I think that you would see in Justice League Unlimited or like the comic books, like the the Flash saving the one truck and Superman saving the entire apartment building. Like that would yeah. be straight out of like Justice League yeah. Unlimited. So there were there were those moments or like the the lasso with Aquaman. There were moments in it that I was like, okay. I like that. Like, mm-hmm. I, I enjoy that. So, it deserves points for that. But it's pretty bad. I wouldn't. I would not recommend anyone go see it in theaters. Yeah. So, uh, do we want to? Do we want to move on to our closing segment? We we're, we're gonna start talking about what we've been what we've been playing and watching over the past week. Yeah, uh, we'll kind of breeze through it because I haven't really been playing. Well, I've been playing Pokemon Ultra. I mean, Pokemon Sun and uh, World War Two now. I've been playing all kinds of as stuff. As always, so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, if we do this every week, it's just going to be like, yeah, it's Siege, mostly. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, you know, be honest. It's kind of yeah. a testament to that game's longevity, whose uh, who's popularity, it, it was not popular around launch, then it surged, like, the year after, and then I think maybe it started to trickle down a little bit, but it has been, like, one of the most steady player bases I've ever seen, like, a competitive game hold. Well, it's, it's the thing, that's what I was telling you was so crazy, that it's a Ubisoft game, because they're spending so much time, like, adding and, like, balancing, it's, and, like, it feels like a, a they push metas, like, they don't want the game to, like, remain stagnant, like, with every new operator that comes out. It's the opposite every of new, Honor. Yeah, every new season that comes out, it, it changes the way the game's played completely. Like yeah. we're we're currently in a trap meta, which I don't enjoy that much. Um, <laughs> the good thing is the meta's probably going to change pretty soon. Yeah, well, they just revealed season three today. Yeah, um, which some of the gadgets and the thing is, is they're they're coming up with some like pretty sweet. Uh, like they keep coming up with um, new and like innovative operators. Like, they're not just twist on the same old operator. I mean, some of them are twist, but they're saying they want to finish the game with 100 operators before they even work on uh, Rainbow Six Siege 2. That's a lot of operators. That's a ton. I mean, that. Yeah, I think that's the problem with doing sequels with that kind of like games as a service model is because Rainbow Six Siege 2 is going to have fewer operators than Siege 1 will end with. But. Uh, I think the second part of that is that it's kind of refreshing to take a step back and go back to basics with a new installment with like a few new mechanics. That's why I think like uh, that's why I think like with future Smash Brothers games, I don't I, I want them to not worry about the roster size. Like, yeah. if if you're gonna have a like a big roster and you want to have it bigger than something before, have it bigger than the base Smash Brothers 4 roster size, if anything, and maybe, like, one or two characters more. Like, I don't want them to worry about what the DLC brought, because there's something to be said with kind of bringing things back to basics with, like, a few characters, with kind of a hero shooter and, like, fighting game 
uh, architecture. That's like that's one of the things I didn't think was bad about Street Fighter Five. It had few characters, but there were few clones, and it was a lot of like good solid characters that they had from previous games, and a few new characters that were good and solid. That was not yeah. one of that game's millions of problems that have never been fixed, but. I think that's a good thing, and I think, you know, people saying... Because I've heard people say there's never going to be a Siege 2. It's just going to be Siege. I'd be think, surprised if there's if there's not a, a Siege 2 eventually. I don't know, though. I mean, yeah, Ubisoft I, is pretty money-hungry, but the way they've got their system set up now is you pay each season, and each season pass is like... you Basically, every year. So you'll pay for like that year season pass, and it's like 30 bucks. So yeah. in my opinion, I would much rather do that, which I have been doing, than them come out with a new game every two years and I have to spend 60 bucks for it anyway and then the DLC on top of that. Like, I'd much rather have a base game, charge me $30 a year, you know, I'll take it. And the good thing about the Siege expansions is that they are constantly in development. It wasn't something they withheld. Yeah, absolutely. It was like, Like, no, we just kept working on it, made some new stuff, so you can buy that. Um, Is that mostly what you've been playing, though? (laughs) Uh, I mean, Pokemon Sun, like I said, we already talked about it in World War II, yeah. we talked about it. So yeah, it's mostly been that, and Siege. Uh, yeah, I haven't really played a lot, a ton else, though. Well, I've been watching Stranger Things, been trying to get through that. I think I'm about halfway through. I think I oh, just yeah. made it to episode that. six. I finished oh. episode six. You said seven's the weird one, right? Seven is the worst one. Seven is the okay. most out-of-place, like, worst episode I've seen in like any show. Like it is like <laughs> wow. It's the thing is is it's not in any I other fear. show in any other show it would be good, but it's not a Stranger Things episode. It feels like a like it feels like I started watching a completely different show about something completely like different. It it goes off on like this weird like I don't want to spoil it for you, but it's Is it filler? No, because there's some it, character development that happens for 11, but it's like rushed character development and they could have done it in like so many better ways. Hmm. I think they were trying to go for style. They were like, "Oh, look at you know how stylistic we are," and like, like everyone connects to like how the the '80s retro look and stuff. And this is basically uh-huh. just like a different '80s, yeah, a different look from the '80s. It's weird. Hmm. But everyone I've talked to has been like, "Yeah, that episode is just weird. It's just bad." Well, anyway. I'm. I mean, I'm, I'm. I'm. It's gonna be next. It's next on the uh, next in line. Probably gonna might watch that today actually. Uh, and then I, I, I don't know if I want to start the Punisher before I'm finished with Stranger Things, but I can watch the Punisher by myself. Whereas Stranger Things, I'm watching with Tabitha. So yeah, oh, I'll, I'll probably start the Punisher if uh, if Tabitha like has other plans. I'm just like, all right, all right, Frank Castle, make me happy. Um, I'm actually uh, hearing, I'm, I'm hearing kind of uh, mixed stuff. I've heard that it has a, it has a pretty slow start. But it, I've heard that it finishes strong, and I think that's kind of the opposite yeah, that a lot of say. a lot of the Netflix series have been having. Uh, and I and I think uh, if you're gonna have the rough episodes, have them right at the start, and then just have a continuous stream of good from then on. Not that you really get to choose which episodes people are gonna like. You're working hard on all of them, but uh, yeah, that's. Stranger Things is mostly what I've been watching or trying to watch. I watched the remake of Murder on the Orient Express, oh, and yeah. I think it is good. It's not a kind of, uh, it's not a classic like the original one is, and they change Poirot, the main character, in a big way that really recontextualizes what is essentially the exact same story. Um, the inspector Poirot in the original, his whole thing is he has. Wait, an wait, ego. wait, 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 I don't. 
I don't want to know. I'm not wanna... Dallas. I'm I not spoiling it. I know, but then you want me to watch the original without uh, knowing true. anything about. I mean, the new one without knowing anything about the original. You want to see how things are different. Okay. Yeah. But I, I saw that and I thought it was pretty good. Um, I don't think I would have gone and see it had it not been for Movie Pass. But Movie Pass means that I get to go watch movies in theaters that I might not watch otherwise. It is a very pretty movie. It the some of the cinematography is just straight up gorgeous, and I think Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh has an appreciation for stuff that looks nice. He's very uh, very particular about makeup and costumes and sets, just kind of looking like, hey, I want to be there. I want to be dressed like that. I want to be on this train where people are being murdered. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to. I want to um, be part of this. <laughs> I want to get uh, inspected by a guy with one of the single coolest mustaches I've ever seen on a human. He's got like a double stash. He has a short yeah, mustache in the it. front, and then a large one coming up behind it. It's pretty magnificent. Uh, I've been wanting. To, I've been watching. Uh, other way we're talking about Justice League. I've been watching uh, Full Metal Alchemist again, Brotherhood. I need to finish it. They took it off of Netflix. I'm gonna have to find it somewhere else. Yeah, I have Crunchyroll. Um, I have Crunchyroll too. I can watch it on there. You really need to watch the first series first, though. Like, I don't know why. Man, they it's got too you to late. Watch... I'm already like halfway through Brotherhood, so. I mean, I guess, but I, I feel like that's the completely wrong way to watch it. Like, I don't know why. If anyone had already seen the original and then suggested you watch Brotherhood first, they're an idiot, and you should never talk to them again. Hey, Wesley, you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah, Wesley, I'll fight you. <laughs> but yeah, like that, I don't think it was. A, I don't think it was Wesley was recommending it. I think it was a matter of they were watching Brotherhood, and I was like, oh. "Can I watch it here?" And Wesley's like, "Yeah, sure, whatever." He's <laughs> like, "Yes, come Wesley, on, Wesley, you should have said no. You should have said no. What are you doing? Just say no." In his Exclude defense, Tim. In his defense, I didn't enjoy it the first time I was watching it, like the first few episodes. Yeah, <laughs> he, because you didn't he know like the rest that. of it. Um, but yeah, uh, back back to stuff that I've been I've been playing. I've been playing a whole lot of stuff. I got Dragon's Dogma: Dark Arisen for the Xbox One for my birthday, and uh, I really like that game, which is strange. That that should not be the kind of game that I like. But it Dragon's was, Dogma. Yeah. But it was designed and, like, it was directed by the guy that directed Devil May Cry 3 and 4. And it shows in the combat. The combat is really slick, really satisfying, really creative. And, man, you just, like, there's so many options. Like, and you can climb the monsters. Like, any monster that's, like, kind of large, you can climb on their back. Like Shadow of the Colossus. Uh, And you have, like, team commands and stuff like that. You can kind of build your party... And even though it kind of it's it has the bones of an Elder Scrolls game, I'm mm-hmm. I enjoy the combat and the universe and like just the minute to minute gameplay. I enjoy it so much that I can get over the fact that there's a clear bit of your time being wasted, just as part of the game yeah. design. I can actually get over it in this case. Um, I've been playing Call of Duty World World War Two because I'm trying to review it because. Uh, I I decided early on that that was what I was going to do. Uh, might as well. Yeah, I might as well. The problem is I, I keep having issues staying in games, and I want to have 10 hours of gameplay before I review the multiplayer, and I think I'm still stuck at maybe two or three because I'll, like, oh, I'll set aside an afternoon, and I'll be trying to get into games, and it'll be like three dropped games in a row, and I'm like, I'm doing something else. I'm, I'm not going to have any. This. Any trouble getting in the game so far? It, when did you get it? Uh, yesterday. Okay, it might have been fixed by now. I haven't played it in like two days. So maybe it, it got have. fixed right right before you got it. Um, 
I've been playing Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite because I got that because the price dropped to $30, $32 brand new. Uh, where at the retailer that I saw it. It was not GameStop. It might be different GameStop. I was at a local retailer. And they had a used copy for $28. And yeah, the collector's edition I saw yesterday was like 40 bucks. <laughs> yeah. At uh, not, GameStop. That game is worth that much. Uh, I'd say that's a good price for Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite because it is a budget, bare-bones game. That, it, But the thing is, I, I think the fighting engine is really good. It's got It has a very, very good core the good thing about the Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite fighting engine in that it is that it's it's its basics are really really good, and uh, all my two youngest sisters who don't play video games much at all last night I think within the span of a four hour marathon of us, us just playing versus yeah they both have mains and they're hard to beat <laughs> like. The, I think hmm. the game's basics are really solid, that it's easy to learn the basics. It's, it's of course, got a high skill ceiling like any Capcom versus game does, but you can you can get it quick. Uh, yeah. And then I've also, I, I guess, what else I've been playing? Um, I've, I've started, and the playthrough will be coming out soon, I've started Super Mario Odyssey. Oh, sweet, I need to play that. Dude, I'm, I'm not going to be able to watch those videos, so... I'm playing it with Tabitha, and uh, it, it it it's very much a mishmash. It doesn't seem as uh, like it doesn't seem as consistent in vision or art style as any of the previous Mario games. But the little details that you keep running into, and just the little the little places where they're like they don't have to tell you what to do. It just makes sense in the design. Nintendo's just uncanny with the Mario games when it comes to that stuff. Like it is. It's been amazing so far. The f- we only played one hour so far, but the first hour was incredible. Um, I don't want to play this, but I need to get a Switch. Yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, that's, that's about the extent of it. I've been, yep. since I got uh, MVCI, that's that's where a lot of my time has been going. But, um, yeah, I think if you see Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite for $30, that's a good buy. The game's actually worth it. Definitely not wait. worth sixty, but all the stuff comes out. I still got to get Tekken Seven and Injustice Two, so I've got like a bunch I need to. Yeah, I'd say get Tekken Seven first. I, I still but think Tekken Seven is the better game. Um, however, that could just be because I think I prefer Tekken games in general to uh, to versus games. Uh, real quick before we finish, since we're on fighting games, I'm going to talk about uh, just kind of the basics of a big leak that supposedly happened. Leak came from the same guy that leaked Enchantress and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles being in Injustice 2. So there's a little bit of credibility to it. However, some of the stuff is so outlandish that take it with a grain of salt. What isn't outlandish, unfortunately, is Dragon Ball Fighter Z has an incredibly disappointing DLC roster. Uh, there's essentially going to be four versions of Goku in this game. You've got regular Super Saiyan Goku. They're going to add, uh, I think, a pre-order DLC is Super Saiyan Blue Goku. Then They've already got, confirmed him in the game's roster, the default roster. Huh? They've already confirmed Super Saiyan, the Blue Goku, in the in the default roster. I thought it was a pre-order bonus, but I could be wrong. Um, no, you, you may be right. Uh, and then, but this leak is saying they're going to have regular Goku, like not Super Saiyan, who's going to have like a different move set, and he's going to have a Spirit Bomb as his like ultimate instead of. I guess what they currently have with the other Gokus. And then 
but I think one of the last characters in the first DLC pack is going to be Goku Black, who I don't, I, I haven't seen Super, I don't know anything about Goku Black, but boy, has four versions of Goku. That's a lot of clones of your original character, or your first character. Yeah, and that's then really weird. There's, there's three Vegetas. There's going to be Super Saiyan Vegeta, Super Saiyan Blue Vegeta, and then regular Vegeta. Uh, and he's in the, like, the DLC pack. The other two characters are Broly, who is, you know, another big Super yeah. Saiyan man, and then what could also easily be a Goku clone, Bardock. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, the game still looks great. Like, It still <laughs> looks great, but that's a very underwhelming cast, where it's like, oh, here's some Saiyans. So far, yeah. But yeah. They, um, they, I wonder if they're going to add any... If they're adding uh, Goku Black, then they're probably going to add... They're probably going to have Beerus and Hit in there, that's what I'm guessing. Beerus and the rest of them. I still need to watch Super. I need to watch Super. I might stop watching Full Metal just to watch Super. <laughs> I need to finish Kai, and then I'll watch Super. I was going to uh, finish Kai, but I'm like, I know everything that happens. Like, I remember very <laughs> specifically. So I was like, I don't... I'm, like, putting off Super to rewatch Kai when every time something happens on Kai, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember what happens next. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then another thing from this leak, less exciting, is that Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite is going to have a second season pass. Thankfully. It's like, guys, it's not the problem. Guys, that's not how you fix your problem. Uh, but another part of the leak says that way later down the road, they might add uh, some shaders that you can turn on or off, like a cell shading filter, which would oh, make the whole God. game automatically look better. Uh, another part of the leak was Street Fighter V Arcade Edition, the characters that are going to be in it, and they're they're satisfying. They've got um, Sagat, Sakura, Cody, so, uh, Sodom, and they said two newcomers, which... Those four, those are those are good standbys, good uh, good people from the original games. Um, however, the best, the most exciting part of this leak is Soul Calibur VI will be coming. However, no Xbox One version confirmed. Uh, what, are the, th- what are the versions? It's PS4, PC, Nintendo Switch. I'll probably get on Switch anyway, so I'll be getting it on Switch. Uh, yeah, basically, if any game comes out that's <laughs> also on the Xbox One, unless it, unless Part of my enjoyment of that game is going to be like staring at the graphics. I'll probably get it on Switch because, like, why not? I mean, you're, you're going to yeah. be playing it. I can play it on the go. Like, th- that's the biggest selling point. And part of the rumor is that they're going to have uh, platform exclusive guest characters, and the Nintendo Mario. guest character will end up being the best one. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> probably Mario. No, it'll probably, it'll probably be Samus because they already did Zelda. Yeah, I, I mean, think. Link. I think Samus would be would be the coolest, and Samus is no more ridiculous than having Star Wars characters in Soul Calibur Four. So, yeah. maybe Fire Emblem though. Maybe maybe they may go for one of the. They might yeah, they might go with Fire Emblem. I think if Soul Calibur was gonna have one like the most recognizable character from Fire Emblem, it would be Marth. And if it isn't Marth, it'll probably be Lucina, which is basically female Marth. Mm, female Marth. Now we're talking. It's like Marth already looks like a girl. Yeah, just give him longer which, hair. Which one of those are girls <laughs> or guys? So, uh, I think it's the tiara, Marth. You just gotta, you gotta get a crown. Drop the tiara. Go with a full crown, man. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I, guess, I guess that's it. That's that's it. That's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. This episode, kind of a long episode. I might trim it a little bit, make it a little little shorter than 
two make whole it hours. YouTube friendly. But don't worry, when you're done editing, you'll have a, a great sense of pride and accomplishment <laughs> for having spent so much time Guys, editing it. We're making we're making the podcast take longer to listen to so that you feel a sense of pride and accomplishment once you yes. once you've reached the end of it. It doesn't matter that the content quality has dropped or gotten it, better. And it has nothing to do with the fact that if we make longer episodes that you somehow sit all the way through, we actually make more ad revenue. That has yes. nothing to do with it. Guys, we're, we're not, not EA. We have a Patreon. <laughs> Send it directly to my bank account. <laughs> all right. uh, just give them your bank account info, because that won't backfire. Tim French uh, in yes, Tennessee. Yes, that's me. In t- <laughs> Tennessee. I was thinking the other day we're going to have uh, Dudrong Door North and Dudrong Door South. <laughs> Oh yeah, that only actually, North will be in Tennessee, which is not North at all. The northest of states, <laughs> northernest. No. Man, I don't know. Uh, I, I probably bye. had. Bye. I'll see you later. I probably had other I, stuff I was going to talk about, but uh, screw it. Talk. Talk about it. I'll just stop recording. You can just talk to yourself. Yeah, I guess I could. Nah. <laughs> oh, I, hey, James Franco being looked at to star as star as Marvel's multiple man. I think it's a Fox Marvel film that might be happening. Yeah, hopefully Marvel boss Fox and then James Franco can be. I mean, I don't know. I really want to see the Disaster Artist though. The I can. T- I, I can honestly take it or leave it. I'm really interested in it because I'm really I interested in like I hope in it's him. Good. And he Fox. looks like he actually tried. Like he looks like he actually got into character and like yeah, wanted to do it. Like plus they haven't done anything in a while. Like Seth Rogen and James Franco. I think the I, interview was the last thing they did. Yeah, it's true. They the almost po- started a war. So podcast episode twenty four. Good night. We'll see you guys next week. I love you.